How's that for a slice of fried gold? Are you think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. I'll be back. Just a flesh wound. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I'm sorry, Ben. Greetings and welcome to Cinema Shock, the podcast celebrating the stories behind your favorite cult and genre films. But this is not one of those episodes. This is the bonus episode where we take a few minutes to catch up with each other and let you, the listeners, take a peek behind our podcast curtain. I'm one of your hosts, writer-comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. I'm co-host Justin Bishop. I am yet another host. His name is Gary Horn. <laughs> hey, guys. Good to Hi. see you. Good morning. <laughs> we saw you uh, at Casa Davis uh, last night for our little Thanksgiving thing. How'd you, guys, uh, how'd you guys fare out? Did you guys have a good time? Not really. No, it was <laughs> terrible. No. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> a dump don't go there if you're, ever in, if you're ever in south carolina don't go to todd's house <laughs> now it's good stuff yeah we had a good time seeing each other and uh it's more rare that uh we're all in the same room together but last night was a lot of fun it was good seeing you guys yeah well you said the orgies like every year and... i know <laughs> nobody has time anymore <laughs> <laughs> has time for orgies That's we call good. it we call it networking now oh <laughs> uh, yeah well uh you know this episode we're going to be uh taking a look at the ripple effect caused by the wonderful film dark man uh resulting in two direct video sequels uh yeah. what did you guys think of these well <laughs> we're just gonna <laughs> die right in huh? yeah what do we think? well they're definitely direct the video sequels to dark man i'll tell you that <laughs> that is true it's interesting after last episode you know somebody uh i think todd it was you that started the conversation that this could be a tv show these definitely feel like they're yeah. episodes of a tv show they really yeah. kind of do yeah yeah i think because i mean and i made the comparison to doctor who uh during our regular episode covering dark man but the more i think about it the more i'm convinced of it it was like yeah this would have been such a great evergreen type of show because with the with the narrative device of he ha he can change his face to look like anybody you, you can bring in anybody yeah. but um what did you guys think of uh dark man to the return of durant i was Go gonna ahead. throw in that that along with that is you you have your uh dark man's real face that you've got to show off every so often right and uh I mean, it feels like it would play right alongside Highlander from around that time or something, because yeah. it it's like you, you just get your main guy, you get um, uh, Fosslu or what? Um, yeah, I, I think I saw that's how his name's pronounced. Um, and uh, and then every once in a while, he gets to put on a rubber dark man mat mask because yeah. that's what this is uh for anybody who hasn't seen it is definitely lower budget and so yeah. like whereas the original the mask dark doesn't man, look terrible, though, I mean, it no, doesn't. It, Except when he talks. Except when he talks, then it then his mouth barely moves. Because they yes. they gave Liam Neeson at least like like I think they said like eighteen 
you know, different pieces or something that right, went on yeah. so that his face could move a little bit better. Yeah. This is very definitely like one rubber mask. The teeth look really silly when when he's trying to talk because they really do barely move. They're clearly on top of his regular lips. As, Whereas, if, I mean, as if it shouldn't be hard enough for Darkman to talk anyway because he right. has no lips, but... <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, and, and Darkman too. At one point, when he's in his new, um, his new lair that he's he's uh, claimed, uh, he kisses his kitty cat. Yeah, I'm like, dude, what are you kissing that kitty cat with? You're just you're just like not gnawing on it. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you it's have a, no lips, sir. You can't yeah. do that. <laughs> it's a he's kind of uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, I guess uh, he's kind of gone full Batman now. Now he's got like a lair. Now he's, he's got a he's, lair. He's got his underground transportation system, like yeah. this, this a computer little, that this, talks to him. He's got his little choo choo train that he rides <laughs> under the city on. He can only go to crimes that are near the the train tracks, though. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, he has to get out and run. Yeah, <laughs> I do think it's possible that Arnold uh, Foslu. Uh, people saw him as Darkman and were like, "Ah, oh, yes, a mummy." And like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess for anyone who doesn't, uh, who hasn't seen these, obviously Liam Neeson does not return for these sequels. And I, I, I didn't do a lot of research on this. Uh, we usually yeah. don't for these bonus episodes, but I didn't see anything about why Liam Neeson didn't return. Although I can probably guess because he was in Schindler's List in 1993, which is a year before Darkman Two, and I can't imagine that doing a direct video sequel to uh, a movie that had you know been kind of an early starring role for him was high on his priority list they also yeah. probably couldn't afford him at this point after schindler's list yeah it's, um, yeah it's very powerful so what they could afford was you know dollar store liam neeson which is arnold Vosloo, uh, who, <laughs> and, who uh, uh, gary uh, alluded to most of you probably know as imhotep from the brendan fraser mummy movies although yeah. he was also uh, a bad guy in the Sam Raimi produced Hard Target. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a. I I, I mean, I like him as an actor. He uh, he's South African, but he there's something about his look that is very. I guess it's hard to pin down what his nationality is. So he ends up playing a lot of different, uh, a lot of different races honestly because yeah. he played like I remember he was on Twenty Four. He was like the villain one season, and he was playing like a um islamic terrorist mm. uh even though he's not uh, like middle eastern or anything at all like yeah he's of like dutch and german descent i think he just happens to have that look which is why he could play an egyptian in the mummy movies and in his first with movie all there was a time he didn't need black people to play black roles so <laughs> it was slow yeah yeah i mean yeah, we we've uh thankfully moved past past that in filmmaking for the most part but uh, his first movie was, uh, or I'm sorry, his first American movie. He he's obviously started his career in uh, South Africa. He was in plays and some TV and movies there. But his first American production was uh, Ridley Scott's 1492 Conquest of Paradise. His like oh, nice. uh, Christopher Columbus, <laughs> incredibly inaccurate Christopher Columbus movie. And yeah. Vaslu played, I think, a Spanish guy in that one. So he's all over the place. <laughs> He, um, you know, they couldn't afford uh, poor Liam Neeson, but they did get Larry Drake back uh, yeah. as uh, Durant. He returns, so good for him. Yeah, it was, despite it was... having been blown up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, despite a train slamming his helicopter into a massive explosion, like into the <laughs> train tunnel, a la Mission Impossible. Um, yeah, and they really yeah. like they really kind of 
breeze over his return in this like how he actually came back is like it's very vague <laughs> and it's like yep now he's just back just deal with it yeah <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna have some um lingering effects from his injury but it's not that big a deal yeah <laughs> he'll have kind of... nary a scratch on him not one <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and i'm sure that's how he he returned because like they were like you'll be the main focus of this movie and it's yeah this called... is his movie yeah 100 yeah. it's called like the return of durant and it yeah. and it is all about him like i mean dark man is like a side character in this movie he really is because like dark man even when he's the character of dark man is on screen i would say like 75 percent of the time he's wearing someone else's face so it's not arnold Vaslu even playing dark man most of the time right it's him in disguise as other characters like the whole the whole movie so it barely feels like a dark man movie because of that it's pretty fun though honestly like it is, i was yeah I, I was i went into this I, I'd, I'd never seen either of the sequels uh that i remember but i went into it fearing the worst and it's not a good movie by any means it's not uh, by, by normal standards but it's pretty damn fun for a direct-to-video like mid-90s action horror sequel there's some fun effects and things i mean they're cheesy effects but more ambitious than i expected from this you know i mean sam raimi produced this as well so i'm yeah. sure he had a little bit of say in it you know renaissance mm-hmm. pictures sam raimi's production company uh, they were responsible for this. So him and Rob Tapert were behind the scenes on it. Even if I'm not sure how much create, you know, how much they contributed creatively to it, other yeah. than making a few bucks off of it. Yeah, and I can't remember who uh, it was written by. Who it was? Uh, I, I just had it up, and I can't remember who wrote the damn thing. But uh, the anyway, screen, the screenwriter on it. Yeah, Hertzog and. Mc- uh, Stephen McKay wrote the teleplay. <laughs> Werner Herzog wrote. Werner Herzog wrote this. <laughs> no, it's his uh, lesser-known brother Lawrence Herzog. Lawrence Larry Herzog wrote this movie. <laughs> Robert Isel, uh, who uh, wrote the Great Debaters with Denzel Washington and Forrest Whitaker, and okay. was a writer on Cagney and Lacey and The Equalizer. Uh, him and uh, then you had Lawrence Herzog, who. Uh, was a writer, uh, another TV writer. Like, he did uh, Nowhere Man. Yeah, uh, he did Twenty Four. Yeah. It looks like. Um, and then Stephen McKay did the teleplay. Now he was a writer on Hard to Kill, so those are the credentials you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense for a direct video uh, yeah. movie. So the direct, the guy who directed the, these movies, uh, he directed both of them. Same guy mm-hmm. directed both both of these movies. His name's Bradford May. And I looked into him a little bit because I was curious. You can't find a ton about him because he's not like incredibly well known. But I did find out find out a couple things digging into him a bit. He uh, he started his career as a cinematographer, working primarily in television through the '80s. He worked on shows like Simon and Simon and Dallas. Um, even, but if you look at his like IMDb, even when he did feature length films, not episodes of TV shows, they're almost entirely TV movies mm. um, with uh, as a cinematographer, with one major exception. And that was actually the Monster Squad. He was the cinematographer on in 1987, which yeah, I thought was pretty interesting. And yeah. it's weird to me that that didn't uh, segue him into doing more feature films, because it's a pretty good looking movie uh, from a visual standpoint. Mm. Uh, but even after that, it's just a bunch of other TV movies that he's the cinematographer on. He's all, I mean, he was his own cinematographer for these movies, for Darkman 2 and 3. He was the, the director and the cinematographer. Oh, wow. And then if you look at his directing career, 
it's pretty pretty much the same. It's almost entirely TV episodes of TV series. Some of which he, you know, like I, I mentioned Dallas earlier, he did you know thirty episodes or something of that. He did that as a director as well, where he would uh, sometimes he would do like one episode. He did an episode of um, Supernatural, Gary, mm. season two. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he did an episode of Supernatural. Uh, but it's a lot of like him directing a bunch of episodes of one show. Uh, so you know, kind of a journeyman director is what he seems it's just that he mostly works in television uh and even his feature length movies are all television yeah, yeah. with the exception of a couple of direct-to-video movies like the the dark man movies but even those are few and far between they're still mostly tv movies and a lot of them seem to be of the lifetime hallmark channel variety yeah yeah i'm getting that <laughs> i'm getting that vibe as i'm looking over his yeah uh, so i was like yeah. i was scrolling his imdb and i'm like i have literally never heard of any of these movies that he made after <laughs> uh after dark man except for maybe like the amy fisher story just because i remember that being a big deal uh so i just clicked on one randomly i just picked one randomly uh and it was called operation cupcake Perfect. It aired on the Hallmark <laughs> Channel in 2012, and of course it did. the uh, synopsis is, on leave from the U.S. Army, a man, Dean Kane helps his wife, Christy Swanson, run a bakery. And if that's not the most Hallmark Channel shit you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. one day, Sam yeah. Raimi was scrolling and saw that and said, Dark Man. <laughs> yeah, well, this was after. This was yeah, after. This Dark was way Man. after. This is 2012. Yeah, <laughs> after didn't work for the joke. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, so I did read somewhere that um, Sam Raimi, I guess, had turned Dark Man into Bruce Campbell at the end of that movie because if they he made w- sequels, he was hoping for Bruce Campbell. But yeah, right. why? Why was Bruce Campbell not cast in these? I wonder. I don't. I mean, know, other than. That Bruce it, Campbell was super busy during this time. This was around the time of Briscoe County Jr. And oh, like, uh, yeah. All, yeah. He was he was on like I, I looked at his IMDB. I was like, maybe it's because of other roles. And he was he was back to back on projects. Like he Well, was, this was like right after I mean, 92 is Army of Darkness, which was, you know, which probably got him a lot of other offers, I, I would guess. Yeah. Man, I love Briscoe County Jr. What a great <laughs> it's, show. It's a fun show. It's fun. Um, yeah. That computer who talks to it, by the way, I looked it up. I, I was watching him like make that face on that shitty laptop that he had. And yeah. I was like, what is that? It's a Toshiba T4800000C, uh, oh, yeah. which I guarantee yeah. doesn't I thought it make was. liquid skin. <laughs> 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 but uh, I, I looked up the specs on it. It weighed like about seven pounds. And it came with a whopping six megabytes of RAM. Whoa, wow. That's enough, that's obviously we are enough. in the future. That's I think enough you, to make could, a you could skin. upgrade it to 16. <laughs> <laughs> so, Woo! And it ran uh, DOS, MS-DOS. Of so, course it did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, it made... 3D imaging of liquid skin and you know, like you could I, I mean I guess people had to work with that back in the day, but it's just yeah. interesting. <laughs> uh he might as well have worked on an iPhone, you know, like he because yeah. that's way more computing power there. Although you hear that your iPhone has more computing power than what it took people to the moon initially. So yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> wow. know. Um I'll tell you another thing. Uh Darkman you ever think about that he only has uh he has to create skin for himself but like he also is creating hair and 
his bone structure would change too, which is and his teeth, his and teeth. his teeth, because well, his, his, <laughs> yeah, yeah. his height, because his height, because his teeth are kind of fucked up, <laughs> uh, but which not happens, with the mask, which for happens reason. when you get exploded. Uh, but yes, not not once he puts a mask on. It is. It really doesn't make much sense. And his voice. I mean, he. They show him practicing the voice, but it's like you're you're practicing inflection, not like changing yeah. your voice. He needs like some kind of voice modulator. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's not freaking to make uh, this much more believable. Yeah. That, uh, does the Bush impersonation? What? You know? Frank, <laughs> Frank Caliendo. Not like he's uh, he's Frank not uh, what? Who was it? Frank Caliendo. Yeah, is he's not freaking Frank Caliendo over here. He's like, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't want to bash this movie completely though, because I will say that if you're a fan of these mid '90s action movies, like Justice said, they're they're kind of fun yeah. and. uh I, I will give them this. There's some good like violence in it and some cool lines. So there is that that fun stuff in part two. Uh, there's a point where like uh, Durant like knocks that dude right in the face with the golf club. And yeah. Parts of his teeth come out. And that was yeah. pretty oh, that got me for some reason. I was like, ah, yeah. I guess it's that that violence you could relate to. And you're like, uh -huh. see his teeth like partially beat out. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then there's like. The, the doctor, like, so the whole thing is Durant's going after this doctor who's, uh like, I guess he's Hannibal Lecter. Like, he's literally in the same cell. Yeah. And, uh, and the, he, the, the weapons guy that he breaks yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, the professor or whatever he is, Dr. Hathaway. Well, he's in an insane asylum, I think. Yeah, but, but like, it's in that glass cage, and it, like, yeah. literally looks just like uh, yeah. Silence of the Labs. But, uh uh, and, and he has great lines like uh, where they bring him the food. And he's just like, what are we having this evening? I wrote this down. Lobster Florentine, beef <laughs> Wellington, perhaps grilled ahi on a bed of Belgian endive. Is it endive? Uh, endive. It's endive. endive. <laughs> like I've ever had that. Uh, <laughs> the orderly says, no, it's your old favorite, Doc. And he says, yeah. <laughs> he like screams it. I love that part. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's another line in there that I wrote down that I liked. It said, "You wouldn't know a plant if it was pounded up your ass with a jackhammer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for those who have not seen this, uh, the movie is basically about the like I said, they kind of breeze over Durant coming back. I mean, they kind of explain it, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but once they get that out of the way, they move into the plot, and it's basically uh, Durant's breaking this. Um, He's breaking this old like weapons developer out of a, a an insane asylum, a mental institution, to help him create this like laser weapon, like the ultimate weapon, because he wants to get into arms dealership. It's it's the beginning of Iron Man too. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he he wants to get back into arms dealing, but he's like, I'm just going to make my own weapon. So that and then on the other side, Darkman teams up with this guy this other doctor guy to help make better synthetic skin that'll work during the day. And then of course, dark man finds out that Durant is out and they have to fight. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically the movie. <laughs> uh, but and they, and they, they said, uh, you know, like, all right, we got to top the finale last time. So we had a train pulling a helicopter into a tunnel. It explodes, huge explosion. How do we beat that? They're like, well, we don't have the budget for that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have a limo that we rented. Yep. Uh, maybe we could use that. How about he uh, remote controls it and uh, d just drives Durant back and forth for a few minutes and then <laughs> blows him up <laughs> yeah that's how they do it works for me 
So that's well, Darkman 2, though. Yeah, that's Darkman 2. Darkman 3, Die, Darkman, Die, so, to me, really does feel like the pilot episode for what should have been a series. Uh, you yeah. got Jeff Fahey, who brings that TV energy. <laughs> I mean, but, that sounds insulting. I mean, Jeff Fahey is great. Yeah, he's I, great. I was going to say, I literally <laughs> made the note to myself, this, this is, now it really feels like a TV show, but I will say that Darkman 3 is my favorite of the sequels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Despite the fact your favorite that, like, out of two. Yeah. Well, well I, I just mean, mean like the other one felt like it was trying to walk the line of like capturing the first one and, yeah. you know, and just not leaning into it. Darkman 3 like feels like it goes like full, uh, you know, B movie. Uh, just having fun and it's yeah ridiculous. I mean it's 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 missing you know the presence of Larry Drake who's great because he he does I guess he is finally dead after Darkman 2 so they have to bring in a new uh villain in this case it is Jeff Fahey and Jeff Fahey is I just love that guy anyway I always love when he pops yeah. up in anything I yeah, mean he fun. was I guess most people probably know him best from uh where he played uh, Captain Lapidus on Lost uh but I mean, I guess well, people our age probably first met him in the Lawnmower Man. I always uh, remember, yeah yeah, 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 he's definitely in the Lawnmower Man. Well, he is the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> well, that is true. I always remember him. I always felt like I saw him on like those direct to video, like uh, when I worked at a video store, and he was like in like the ones that are sort of like Two Moon Junction or something. Like he yeah. would, he would be like sleeping with some hot actress or something, and that was the <laughs> the real appeal. Is like you know, porn that's not porn. Um, but I could be completely wrong about that. Uh, but I will say this, Jeff A. I did look up a little bit about him because I was interested in him because he's just got striking eyes. And yeah. uh, mm. and I was he's like, one of those just like very charismatic dudes too, where there's something about the the way he speaks and like his mannerisms are very I don't know, they're they're very charismatic i mean it's, a, it's he's just one of those guys where you're like he's so good like effortlessly good yeah that you wonder why he's not a bigger star than he is i mean he's he's worked steadily his whole his whole career but yeah. he's never been like a star really and he, i feel like he kind of should be at 17 years old jeff he left home having heard quote the call of the open road uh, <laughs> he spent time trekking through the himalayas nice. uh, went to afghanistan uh he traveled the world. He hitchhiked, hitchhiked to Alaska, backpacked Europe, uh, went on an Israeli kibbutz, uh, taking any odd job that he could in between all these things. Uh, he still, to this day, by the way, has an orphanage he uh, funds in, in uh, Kabul, Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, he uh, it was invited to try ballet along the way there and fell in love with it. And he was 25 at the time. Uh, which is usually an advanced stage for ballet yeah. uh, to start, but he won a full scholarship to study at the Joffrey Ballet School in New York City. Wow. And he was there at the age of 25. Yeah. And he was there for years and ended up starting to teach ballroom dancing. That's um, crazy. <laughs> and uh, then ended up practicing theater and got uh, a yeah, cast on Broadway. Broad yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got on Broadway. Uh, and then he landed uh, a television role from his Broadway thing on the soap opera One Life to Live. Uh, and then in 1985, 
got his first major film role as Tyree in Silverado. Yeah, uh, Silverado is a fun movie. Lawrence Kasdan. And then uh, I think right after that, he got the job of uh, playing alongside Anthony Perkins in Psycho 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he plays, if if you've watched all the Psychos, he actually has like a cool little role. He's like a... He's the he, he like works for Norman Bates, right? Yeah, he like sit, stays in the hotel and he like plays guitar, finds out Norman Bates is a killer, and then like yeah. tries to blackmail him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was off to the races for Jeff Fahey from there. That guy has led quite the life, Mister Fahey. Uh, I remembered the blonde lady Darlene uh, Flugel, I think is her name. Uh, she was on that show Hunter. I don't know. My grandparents oh, yeah. loved this show back in the I day. Hunter. There was the first girl, her name was like Dee Dee, who had like had the brown hair that was like Hunter's like partner. But uh-huh. then later she left. And then this girl was the one that took over for her. And uh and don't forget Roxanne Dawson. I was about to say. Okay, Todd, I'll let you <laughs> we got Roxanne way. Dawson, uh, aka Belana Torres from Star Trek Voyager. She yeah, play, she plays Angela Rooker. It's uh, just a, she she's just a baby in this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it uh, she's actually become a really great director. Uh, of, I mean, wasn't this around wasn't, the time that Star Trek Voyager was beginning, though? Star I, Trek was, started in, in the mid nineties. Yeah, this was ninety five, uh, ninety six. Yeah, this was just before that. Uh, Voyager was a little bit later, but yeah, um, that's where. You know, she got into the franchise and then later ended up started her directing career on Star Trek Enterprise. Hmm. Um, But yeah, like her episodes specifically are really cool because a lot of them watch like horror movies. Interesting. This also was written by uh, two guys, Michael uh, Caleri and Mike Werb, who wrote face off yeah and tumor nice (laughs) which is super weird uh so they they i mean some real credentials there well i I wonder if there is a raimi connection there or if that's just coincidental because you know we we talked a little bit on our darkman episode you know raimi produced hard target um starring arnold Vosloo. and then of course that was john woo's director or american film debut and then Face Off came just a few years later. So I wonder if there, if if that's coincidental or if somehow Raimi liked these guys and kind of introduced them to John Woo or something like that. Because what year was what year was Face Off? Face Off was ninety seven, ninety eight. It was ninety seven. So it would have been a year after this. So it, it yeah. So that's possible. Uh, I mean, I'm just completely speculating, obviously, but. Uh, I am curious if there's some kind of connection there. Mm. It's interesting, and it, and it, and again, this movie goes back to uh, the villain seems to be the most important part. The mm-hmm. the lead villain, Jeff A, even gets like lead billing above the title. Yeah, uh, in the movie, like it's yeah, like well, Jeff A in, you know, and then it start read it. Uh, well, Arnold and that Fosley. might just be because he was more well known at the time, even even if in kind of a B movie fashion, because I mean, he I guess. Lawnmower Man was probably pretty successful. I, I mean, yeah, it, it would have had to have been Lawnmower Man. I think he does play uh, in Wyatt Earp. I, th- I think he's mm-hmm. the Kevin Costner, Wyatt Earp. Uh, like right yeah. around yeah. That was, that was around the same time, 95. Yeah. yeah so, um, so there's that stuff. I don't know. But I'm with you, Gary. I, I definitely liked between the two. I think they're both fun for, for the type of movie that they are. But part three... If I had to choose which one I liked better, it would be part three. I just think it's got a 
it's got a better script, um, honestly. And I think that as much as I love uh, Larry Drake, I mean, he doesn't even hold a candle to Jeff Fahey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he's a it's, great it's villain. It's just got all the weird stuff. Like, Fahey also loves playing classical piano. He's just like a weird villain. I mean, he's, he's an eccentric Drake, villain. He's fun. Yeah. yeah, and there's weird freaking lines, like that drug deal at the beginning where the guy's like, oh, it's cut. And he's like, taste it. And he's like, oh, how long have we been working together? And the, the one drug dealer who's like, not scared at all that he's about to die is just like, do you like the taste of that? I pissed in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then the one guy chases dark man who steals all the money but like dark man's now he's like cutting the one-liners like uh the dude he's dress, uh made up as like turns the corner and sees him and he's like how's it going beautiful he, like smashes him in the face with a crowbar then they all <laughs> chase him down into the sewer and he's like going down the sewer tunnel like going down <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, there's just weird lines and like the one guy's like climbing out of that sewer later and gets his head cut off by like mm-hmm. uh it's like a snow plow it's not i don't remember that it was snowing but there is yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just weird weird shit like that i will say too uh Foslo, the one thing that drove me nuts is like they try to do the stunts with uh with dark man and, and you can tell it's probably like another stunt uh you know it's a it's a stunt man but they try to overdub uh his voice into it and he is not good at faking screaming because like dark man will be like an explosion behind him and he's like ah that's <laughs> <laughs> just how he sounds like every scream and he does it uh, yeah. so many times it, it is pretty music. funny <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh there's one scene where they shoot a bazooka at him and somehow uh the or it's like a rocket launcher and the rocket like goes like by his head and through the uh the thing he's on in the tunnels. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. he's somehow just barely misses him. It just misses him. But you know, which is you know impressive considering the thing that he is on cannot move side to side to get out of the way because it is yeah. on track. No, this guy <laughs> so, was just the guy was either, just a bad shot. He was like, either a bad <laughs> shot or the best shot because it goes like not like off to the side it goes right by his head yeah and like you know he's got the framework of the thing he's in and it goes through the back window out the front window i mean he should have just aimed for the bottom of that thing but yeah yeah yeah, you would think (laughs) why don't you aim for the huge part of it no he just like freaking needle and threads that thing like right (laughs) right past dark man's head i don't know it's real weird what did you guys think about the uh overabundance of reuse of previous footage uh, it's kind of funny honestly because they show yeah. the dark man uh origin scenes uh-huh in both of these movies yeah but they refilm any shots that clearly showed uh liam neeson's face with arnold vosley which i think is really interesting yeah i mean i don't know i mean it's i guess that's the best way to do it it would have been sure. really weird if they just shown liam neeson and then cut to this guy <laughs> uh but I was like, oh, they're re- they're doing a previously on Darkman kind of thing yeah. here. But then there are these shots in there that's the new actor. Uh, yeah. But they're pretty seamless, honestly. It's it's kind of well done. Yeah. Well, they that- even slip in the uh uh Darlene uh Flugel, the the blonde, like she's like playing the scientist that actually works for uh Jeff Fahey's character. But uh at the beginning, she is working on Darkman. So they like you know, they're showing the operation after his explosion or whatever. And then they like put her like the upward shot of the doctors around her. She's like, I'm with you, buddy. And like working on it. 
so yeah. that later that she could say, oh, I was there during your surgery. Or yeah. We saved you. Yeah, it was saved just, me. I'm... I don't know if I should thank you or kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about uh, with all the use of, uh, you know, old footage, because it's funny because Darkman 2 reuses stuff from the original and Darkman 3 uses stuff from 2, two and the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, wow. <laughs> hey, you guys shoot, it, shoot this over a weekend? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, you got to keep your budget in mind and yeah yeah I mean, might as well not, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it doesn't it's not it I mean it makes sense narratively especially because this was five years after dark man yeah so it's safe to say people you know renting this at blockbuster in 1995 uh might have needed a refresher yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's worth saying too i don't i don't know if we mentioned this but i i think i read they, they filmed these like together mm-hmm. and oh, did they and that three was originally going to be part two. And then for whatever reason, they got switched around, which was huh. odd. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do that. Um, they probably just, I, I would guess they just wanted Larry Draco, uh, the, the one the one actor from the previous, from the original movie to return to these. They wanted his face on the you know cover of the second one as mm-hmm. a selling point. That's all I can guess. Although it would have been cool. Honestly, if Jeff Fahey had been the villain in part two and then part three, Durant, oh, like we got rid of this other threat. Now our biggest threat, Durant, is back. Uh, that could have yeah. worked. So, uh, but honestly, there's nothing that happens in part two that really affects the plot in part three at all. <laughs> it's yeah. just Dark Man. It's just another adventure of Dark Man. This is just another episode of uh, Batman, you know, the animated series where he's fighting a different villain. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Which I'm fine with. I mean, I would I would watch more of them. Like we we've said, I would I would absolutely watch a Darkman TV show. I think it would be cool. Uh, but I almost wish it was like I feel like if they do it now, they would take it too seriously. Yeah. I almost want it to be like part of that late '90s uh, Sam Raimi wave of TV shows like Xena and Hercules and uh, and Briscoe County Junior and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, like I, I almost want it to be part of that era of tv like a dark man series that i watched on upn on you know sunday afternoon or something oh very much yeah uh did either of you guys happen to catch the dark man short from 2012 no is this like oh, a fan thing yeah, it's the yeah, one they the made. made oh it's fan made yeah weird i knew they made the one thing that like durant uh you know uh, talked about we talked about it in the first or the last yeah that episode. was way earlier than 2012 though yeah so there's Some a fan made dark man is it good the short it's yeah. not bad i mean you know it's clear they're i they're they're missing the camp factor you know because it's 2012 it's yeah. and you know they're trying to do the the christopher nolan bullshit probably right is. right yeah <laughs> that would be my guess uh, let's well, make this dark like, man we gotta make it dark yeah, yeah we gotta make it dark man. dark man begins yeah <laughs> well that's what somebody would do now if somebody if, if warner brothers or somebody well i guess it'd be universal decided they were going to do a new dark man i guarantee that's the kind of shit they would pull off because uh, yeah. we, we, we talked about how you know liam neeson's game to do another one but i would really hope and Raimi's talking to universal about it but i would hope that you, that Raimi would at least be somewhat involved creatively too because otherwise it would be in danger of 
of taking itself too seriously. And I think part of the fun of Dark Man, the, the first one and the sequels, is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a ridiculous yeah. concept and it should remain ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I keep thinking back to uh, the Universal Classic Monsters and they had, you know, once they kind of established their, you know, the that stable of characters, they started having them cross over. We kind of got an early version of what the, Marvel Cinematic Universe would turn out to be with like, you know, so-and-so meets so-and-so, you know, Dracula meets Frankenstein and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And, you know, you started getting those really fun crossovers with, uh, with Darkman. I don't see why you can't do that. I mean, people dig the crossover thing and Universal's got a great stable of characters. It might be fun. So you can do Darkman and Ash. Yeah. I was going to say Darkman versus Tom Cruise's mummy. Oh God, <laughs> that'd be fun. No, <laughs> be it wouldn't. Uh, okay, so uh, Dr. Peyton Westlake uh, has been brought in to uh, study the uh, skin remains of this uh, mummy that's found uh, in some new dig or something like that, and then shenanigans ensue. There you well, go. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. fine. With it. Just don't get the t- Tom Cruise version of the mummy involved. That was a, that was a well, mess. you don't like Sophia Batella. Oh, I love Sophia Batella. I just don't love the movie she was in. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Universal did like Shrek or something, didn't they? I don't that know. was DreamWorks. Oh, yeah. well, never mind. Gary, we could we could only hope uh, that there would be a Shrek Darkman crossover. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm making just... I'm making notes now, fellas. Let me. I will see what I can crank out. I know there needs to be a fan created universe of. Uh, Darkman Shrek adventures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I was ugly. Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine? I, I like the idea of the uh, like CG animated Darkman, too. <laughs> uh, that'd be fun. Well, Eddie uh, Murphy just like playing off of him as Dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, I hope you've uh, enjoyed the dark man franchise as much as we have uh up next we are moving on with our sam raimi series we will be discussing army of darkness yeah. uh, which you can find in many different places you should find it on your shelf at home it's good enough for you to own yeah it's also um, been released like 17 times over yeah. the last three years so. <laughs> so uh gentlemen where can you be found on the internet at uh, this is gary horn I am at Justin underscore Bishop in most and, of the places. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials. Uh, Justin, where can uh, people find our episodes and merch and stuff? Well, you can go to cinemashock.net. You can find all that stuff. Uh, you can also find links to our Discord, etc. And uh, you can find us on social media at cinema underscore shock in all the social media places that have not been burned to the ground yet. <laughs> Whoa. I got dark. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you've not been all- following the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, and uh, until next time, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather, and be excellent to each other. Johnny has the keys.
Ah, 